Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hey there and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. Today's episode 845 and I titled this The Truth About Money. Now there's tons, I mean millions of videos, books and instructions about money. So let's just get some really basic things clear about where we're talking from and then we'll talk about creating money, keeping money, spending money and how you can have all you want. Money is an agreement. It's an agreement about how we exchange value. Everybody knows in history, we used to exchange goods directly. I grew corn, you shod horses, I gave you some corn so you'd shoe my horses. The barter system, we still use that uh, a lot. Money was simply invented as an exchange medium. And that's because maybe the things I need didn't happen in the town and I needed some way to take it across some distance. And so we had some exchange medium. It's funny, the exchange mediums have changed so much over time. They used to be little tokens. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but my wife was a uh, collector and an archaeologist. My wife's dad was an archaeologist, and he used to uh, do a lot of stuff with native, the native trade and Hudson's Bay Company, which, by the way, is the oldest corporation in the world, uh, incorporated in 16-something. But anyway, the trading tokens, trading post tokens were interesting. You know, different shapes, sizes, thicknesses, and I'm sure they all had different values. Today, their value had nothing to do with the amount of goods they bought. She inherited some of those when her dad passed away, and she sold them on eBay for quite, you know, handsome sums because they had historical value. So the value and use had completely changed. Money is the same way now. It's funny because here in Canada, we don't have $1 bills. We have $1 coins, and they're called loonies, right? And they're they're kind of copper-colored or brass-colored. And and then we have toonies that are slightly bigger that have a silver around the edge and copper in the middle. And, of course, they're $1 and $2. And there's a picture of a loon, you know, the bird on the back. Loonies and toonies, so that's how we have them. But they used to have $1 bills like they still have in the U.S. And... Uh, $1 bills aren't around anymore. And now $1 bills have changed value. They're now worth 5 bucks. My wife has a collection of very mint condition, you know, quite a few $1 bills, which in the day she would have bought for two or $300, depending on how many there were. 200 would have been $200. Today, that pile's worth, five, uh, worth $1,000 and even more. Because why? Because the value has changed from the once agreed upon value on the face to a collecting value, which is now five bucks for a dollar bill. So she has a boatload of those that she sells periodically when she's on eBay to, uh, to people that want to collect that. So money is simply an agreement, and it's the way we come to agreement about what something's worth. If I go to the store down the street and I buy a loaf of bread, it's got $4 on it, I pay $4 and I get a loaf of hopefully very good whole grain, 57 thing, organic something or other for four bucks. Uh, regular old Wonder White Bread is a little less than that, of course. But anyway, so th- none of that is a mystery to you. You know all that. Whoopee, right? 
Yet everybody, not everybody, nearly everyone that I talk to when I, you know, I'm a coach, right? And so what I talk about, I talk about money or I talk about what you want. That's where we start. What do you want? What are you trying to create in your life? Most people are just trying to get by. And that means I got to get enough cash to buy what I want so my life is decent. Well, that's a perfectly fine way to live, except it's very short-sighted and very sad because there's so much more available. Now, if you choose to be happy with that, all good. No no harm, no foul. But most people live that way, and they're not happy. They're saying, okay, yeah, 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 I make enough money to get by, whatever that means, and they're not happy. They don't wake up every day, yeah, I love my life. And, you know, the bad thing or sad thing is I got this story. I can't do jack about it. Nothing I can change. It's my lot. It's too late. This is past. That's past. You know, I can't, can't, can't. Well, and and here's the thing. When you live in that story, then you stay in that story. So today, I want to talk a little bit about not just the truth about money as an exchange medium and all those things, but I want to talk about how money follows value and where you, where you get it. Because right now, I saw an episode on TV last night of something or other, I don't know, about yachts. And yachts are the last great bastion of the ultra-rich, right? And they, I showed saw 100-foot, 150-foot, 200-foot, 250-foot yachts. And I don't know if I saw one, but there was some conversation with a yacht owner that was a 250-foot yacht if he was going to upgrade and get a three- or 400-foot yacht. So think about that, a football field-length yacht. You can have one. And they cost, I think, the 200-foot yachts were $80 million or $90 million or $100 million. And the bigger ones, of course, are more. And now there's been a lot of conversation in the last two years since Russia invaded Ukraine for whatever madness about rich, ultra-rich, they call them oligarchs, wealthy people, that have these mega, mega yachts that have been now seized as you know part of seizing assets and sanctions and all that stuff. And this isn't a political conversation today, but it's drawn attention to these super mega yachts, gigantic things that people create or trade their money for. Okay. And that is a symbol of their status, of their wealth, of their coolness, of how important they are, whatever it is. And therein lies the beginnings of the problem because the, there are people who die of starvation. They die of malnutrition. And we see images of that and we're asked to contribute to that, and I hope you do, to the extent you can. I know we do what we can to help, because those things shouldn't be happening. We live in a world with so much abundance. How is it that we have a pile of people with super yachts that cost millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, and yet we have people that are starving? So that's a social commentary podcast that we're not doing today, but certainly worth an episode. In terms of what are you doing about that? Here's what I notice. Most people are so focused on, I got to get mine. I got rent. I got this. I'm trying to save for this vacation. I had this sudden unexpected car expense or medical expense. I can't. Ah, ah. And, they, and we live collectively in this sort of breathless state of not quite enoughness. And the funny thing is, is it's not just about the bank account. We live in this story of we are not quite enough. Now, I noticed in this picture, I hope you're watching the video, this dude behind me, 
He's an alchemist, and you can see gold all over the place. And I had Dolly, one of the AI art platforms, create me a picture of an alchemist making gold and so forth. So the whole picture's gold and big grin on the face and, you know, just the symbol of wealth. Well, wealth is a lot more important than just cash. You know that because how many people are there that have too much money and are unhappy? Too much money and have substance problems. Rehab centers that cost tens or twenties or thirties or hundreds of thousands of dollars for the kind of work that needs to get done. And the super rich or even the semi-wealthy pay all this money to go there to solve the problems that we thought, oh, money, you shouldn't have any problems, right? Not true. Money and problems or not problems are uncorrelated except in one important area. And this is where I want to delve into the problem. Because we've established money is just a trading mechanism. The problem is we've created a religion around it. He who has more is cooler. She who has the most is the best. That is not true. We act like it's true. We pretend it's true. We live into the truth of that. And consequently, we give that myth power. We give it power every day. And you see tragic outcomes like this whole debacle that unfolded a couple of years ago, maybe more than that now with that guy, Jeffrey Epstein or something, you know, an illicit trade and people got implicated and they just released some more names. And and that was, you know, the purview of wealthy people to go do gross things. Well, the religion of money is a disaster and a disease. But we're not going to talk about that either. So we're done talking about what money is as a trading mechanism. And we're done talking about the sadness and the misery of the religion of money, where we worship money and money is the most important and money at all costs and money equals coolness and money is power and money, 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 money. We're done with that. Except we'll refer to it occasionally because that religion is the reason it's hard for you to make money. That religion, I'm saying it again, is the reason. And to the extent you live in, buy into, have stock in, participate, think in that religion, money makes you good, money makes you cool, money makes you important, money is a symbol of your worth. To the extent you buy into that, then you have trouble making money. Now let's give some real good examples of very important people who didn't have much money. Moses was not reputed to have a ton of money. Uh, Jesus Christ had practically nothing. A number of other religious leaders have made huge impacts in the world, and they're not renowned in any way, shape, or form for their cash. Okay? On the other hand, there are tons of people who are revered, worshipped, honored, and paid a lot of attention to because of their cash, and all that creates additional problems. So here's the fundaments, fundamentals of just making money. So we've got those two things what money actually is, trading mechanism. And we've got this religion of money, which is a disease when you worship money because it creates all these other problems. It only matters if you've got more than somebody else and better car, bigger house, cooler vacations, and on and on and on. That's a nonsense thing, real, and it affects practically everyone to a little or a bigger degree. But we'll set it over here for a minute. I just want to talk about the value proposition. How do you make money? Well, money follows value. So if you create something that people perceive as valuable, you can have all the money you want. The more that you create of it and the more value you create, the more money 
you can have. Because remember, money's just an exchange mechanism. So if you have something p- people perceive as valuable, they'll give you their exchange me- mechanism in, in exchange for that. Now, we've all seen examples in our lifetime, and I've seen many because I'm older, 68 now, about this sort of money disease. <clears throat> Cabbage patch kids. Now, they're cute, and they're sewed a certain way, and they were a, a fad for a while, and tons and tons and tons of money were made on that. People were disappointed, angry, fought in lines at stores, and on and on and on. A current, and then there was Pet Rocks, right? That was a fad for five minutes, and a zillion dollars was made there. And the number of examples, you can list several of your own that you know. Today, one that I see here in our house is, um, what are they, Squishmallows. Again, another squishy toy, doll, fun thing, cats and dog faces and cool stuff, right? Our our nine-year-old uh, Ukrainian gal here who's with her mom uh, loves those, and we have a ton of them. And my wife, you know, has a couple of great big ones that are pillow-sized. Again, something cute that was perceived as valuable. Oh, somebody hit on a good one, and then a lot of value is exchanged. People thought the idea up, created uh, the marketing with it, and then people trade their money for it. So there's a lot of money moving around. So if you, you right here watching, if you want to make money, the question is really simple. What do you have that is valuable? Now, before you say nothing, I'm going to give you three things right now that you have that are valuable. One, you have a set of skills. Skills you've been selling in the marketplace. Maybe you're a clerk. Maybe you're an accountant. Uh, Maybe you pump gas, maybe you're an attorney, maybe you're an engineer, but you have a set of skills that you have sold in the marketplace. That's how you've paid rent and bought food from whenever until this moment. So you already have one way to make money. Now you say, well, that's not good enough and I have to work too many hours and I can't make enough money. Well, that's a whole different conversation. But you have a way to make money. Now, if you want to make more Create more value. I'm going to stop saying make money and say create value because money follows value. So if you want to create more, then you have to either upgrade those skills so you can do something that's more valuable and people will trade, you know, trade more for you for what you have. Or you need to work more. Now, working more is a disease, and there's lots of people that workaholics, they work themselves to death. Why? Because they belong to the religion of money. And we're not talking about that. We're just talking about how to create money. So what is it that you have of value? And if what you have isn't creating enough money for you, then you have to either increase the value or sell it to more people. Okay, so that's the first thing. Money follows value. Now, the second principle is you are a creator. You can't not be a creator. You're creating every breath. You're awake. And even when you're not awake, you're asleep. What are you creating? Well, that depends. It depends on what are you using as your creative tools. So if you go to bed and you have food in your body, your body creates health and repair and repairs muscles and you know, it does some things overnight, so you're creating then, too. On the other hand, if you don't have any stuff in there, then your body's unable to create. Okay, same thing during the day. Now, if I sit around and I feed my mind hateful, negative thoughts, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I have no idea what to create. Nobody will pay attention to be that's just like going to sleep with an empty stomach or with not enough nutrition for your body to do the repair. You can't. 
because you have crowded your creative engine. Your mind is the greatest tool you have. It's the greatest creator in the universe, your mind, your spirit, that essence that is you. But if you fill it with garbage, the old computer adage, garbage in, garbage out, is true. So what is garbage? Well, we know that if we eat poorly, our physical body doesn't do well. Nutrition, malnutrition, all kinds of things. So that's a physical example. I'm talking more about energy, attitude, opinion, willingness, discipline, those things. Those need fuel, too. And it isn't, you know, a sandwich. A sandwich doesn't fuel your attitude and discipline. Now, there's such a thing as hangry, and if you don't eat well, I get that. If I don't eat enough, I get pains all over, and then I get tired, and so they're related. But we're not talking about that either. We're just talking about that the fuel that you feed yourself. Do you have an idea of what your diet of dialogue is? Is your diet of dialogue, I can't do this, it's too late, it won't work, I don't know what to do, somebody else gets the breaks. If that's your diet, your dialogue diet of your internal landscape, then I'm not surprised you can't think of a way to create more value and to create more money, to find opportunity. I'm not surprised. Because you're feeding yourself poison. Now, ending that poison is step one. Because here's the truth. You and I were created by the same God. You have gifts and talents. You may or may not have been using them, but you have them. There's opportunity all around all of us, and the level of opportunity is, is still increasing. And there's real obvious ways to see that. 25 years ago, there was no Internet, or it was very, very nascent and slow. In the last 25 years, starting with the dot-com boom, then bust, and the uh, you know advent of social media and higher internet speeds and faster computers and the advent of uh, you know smartphone i can't find my phone i was going to hold it up oh here it is the advent of these beasties like you, you, there isn't anywhere you can't reach and there isn't anyone you can't talk to wow so our ability to create is enhanced the gear on computers, uh, advent of AI, all of those things just increase your ability to create. You know, as soon as something new gets invented, in the 70s and 80s when synthesizers got invented, there was a big furor among musicians. They were going to put all the musicians out of business. Oh, the new thing, orchestras and everything. Well, I knew that was nonsense. I just intuitively knew that, and it isn't. There's a place for those. AI is now the new thing. Pictures and there's now a lawsuit by George Carlin's estate suing because someone did a one-hour special using all of that historical video and everything from George Carlin and created an I think it was a one-hour special and I saw a thing the other night on uh, a, a brief thing on TV where their estate is suing because they're un, you know using that stuff in an unauthorized way. Now all those laws have yet to be sorted out and they will be like every piece of copyright law as soon as Google. And the internet and all the search engines happened. Then everything that used to be really difficult to find in libraries and old musty manuscripts and everything became available at your fingertips instantly. 
And so there was all kinds of repercussions from that. Repackaging, redoing. Ooh, is that plagiarism? Is that copying someone's research? Well, in music, we have a, a, a very elegant way of describing that. We say, influenced by. My piano influences. Oscar Peterson, Andre Previn, Art Tatum. Those are the big three that I love for different reasons. Bill Evans, you know, some of the, and I'm a jazz pianist. You'll notice that those are jazz names. But, uh, and I have transcribed note for note some solos. I don't take those and call them my compositions. It's just to learn runs and to learn chords, you know, structures and connections and things. And so influenced by is true. And so the idea that because the search engines are available and you have all the research of the universe available, that suddenly you're, you're a, a fake is not true. It's not true with AI either. Now, if someone takes AI and uses other people's stuff and pretends it's their own without any analysis, assimilation, repackaging, or, you know, and sort of pretends it's someone else, like this one lawsuit alleges in, in this George Carlin thing, unauthorized use of and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not taking sides because that law will be sorted out and there will be a sorting out. My point is that the tools make creation easier today than it has ever been. So if you want to create value, then the fact that you are a creator is true. And the thing that stands in your way is your mind. I can't, it won't, that diet of dirty dialogue dastardly dialogue let's call it that diet of dastardly dialogue i can't it won't not good enough don't know how i'm afraid i'll fail embarrassed and you know fill in the blanks that is what gets in the way because the process of creating money is now more available more um accessible than it's ever been how to create products or services that other people need from your expertise is a well-worn path. If you don't know how to do that right now, that's okay. Talk to me. I can show you exactly how to do it, how to identify what you have that's valuable, how to put it in a package of videos or writing or books or exercise or courses or a coaching program, exactly how to do that and then how to make it available. It's just like libraries. They created the Dewey Decimal System to find books. We have search engines to find things online. And those that whine, it's too busy, it's overcrowded, are just making excuses. And that's just one more excuse like, I'm not good enough, it's too late, I can't, it won't, I'll fail, I'll be embarrassed. They will stop you as long as you let them. So if you want to create money, understand money follows value. Set the stories aside of all, every, that dirty, dastardly dialogue, right? That says you can't, you won't. Because I promise as long as you live there, you won't. You'll create nothing. Nothing will come to you. Nothing will flow. And you'll be frustrated and stuck where you are. On the other hand, if you remember... You are a creator. The tools are getting better and faster. So that means you can create more and faster. And yep, so can everybody else. But you know what I notice? Most people still don't. They're still dabbling. They're still messing around, 
making up excuses, not because they can't learn, not because you can't learn and do it, but because that dastardly dialogue is in the way. I can't, it won't, I'll be embarrassed, I'll fail. And so the willingness to walk the path and stay on the path is what's missing. Here's the real simple equation. Value creation plus marketing equals money. That's it. Value creation, create something people want, Cabbage Patch Kids, Squishmallows, a new flavor of something, a new recipe, a new this or that, plus marketing, which is simply the act of making people aware of what you have, that equals money. Now, I'm assuming that you have something that people want. And here's how you can tell. Whatever it is you want to create fits in some kind of a business vertical. Uh, Cooking, self-help, overcoming issues with your past or history, trauma, depression, gardening, learning how to play a musical instrument. Every possible thing. Astrology. I know someone right now who does vibrational frequency advancement, which is another way of saying how your attitude is every day. So every single thing you could possibly create fits in some area, right? So the first question is, is there money moving in that vertical? In other words, are people buying products and services that relate to what you have? Are there other people already selling music lessons, yoga, uh, mindset instruction, how to write books, how to build Lego cool things? I mean, the number of things are amazing. And all you have to do is Google it or YouTube it and you'll see likely hundreds, at least dozens, likely hundreds, and maybe even thousands of videos or instruction things on that topic. So is there money moving in that vertical? The answer is absolutely. Absolutely. I have yet to talk to anyone who tells me what they want to create and where we can't find that there's money moving in that vertical. Lots of it. So, okay, that's question number one. Question number two is, do you have a superpower? Or do you have a super system or do you have a process that's unique to you and the answer again i've never talked to someone where the answer isn't absolutely clearly unequivocally yes yes and yes here's again where that pain comes you don't believe it the dastardly dialogue well it's not really that different well it's not that good well who would care that i xyz those things are imaginary they're real for you but they're not truly barriers unless you allow them to be. So do I have that? That answer is absolutely yes. So if there's money moving in the vertical and you have a unique mechanism, a unique way, your way is faster, better, superior, more fulfilling in some way or another to do the thing, whatever the vertical thing is that we talked about, then the only reason you don't have all the money you want is because people don't know about you. Because you you have something valuable. And people are spending money. So the only reason they're not spending it with you is because they don't know. And so that's where the marketing piece comes in. And so value creation, you can do. Marketing is not a mystery. It's been, be- it's been being done as long as there's been commerce. How we did it, standing on street corners, spinning boards, you know, signs or 
uh, internet marketing today, uh, newspaper ads, television ads. I mean, marketing's marketing. How to do it is well understood. So what is the problem then? If I know for sure you have a superpower, I know for sure you can create value, and I know for sure there's money moving in whatever vertical you want. I know that. And I'd love for you to talk to me and prove me I'm wrong, but I, I've never, no one's ever been able to do that. Show me something they really want to be doing where money isn't moving and they couldn't create cash. And the marketing process to do it's well known. So here's the, the key to this. The key is not that we don't know what to do. It's that we don't do what we know. So the truth about money is there's an infinite amount. It's available for you. Money follows value. Value creation plus marketing equals money. That's it. Done. If you are stumbling on any of those steps where you don't believe you have value or you don't know how to create it into some kind of a, a product or service or form that's sellable or you don't know how to market or you're afraid of all of it or you have stories about failure or you just won't get started or, or, or I can help you do that. That is my work. It is my superpower. Yes, I'm a musician. Yes, I'm an author and I've written 19 books. But the thing that I do better than anyone else is help people find their superpower, turn it into a product or service, market it, and make some cash. You can get out of corporate if you want to. You can do what you love and the money will follow that thing. All those things are possible, but they are not going to come to you until you make a firm commitment to go there, you get the help you need, you figure out what it is that you can create, and then you get started and never stop. I can't tell you how many people think some magic solution is going to come on it in the box from Amazon or something they're going to see online. Oh, I'm going to see the YouTube video, and then I'm going to know that. Suddenly, it's going to be easy. No. No one that's ever built a business, no one that's ever built a successful business had it happen overnight with some magic wave. Didn't happen. It took value creation, it took trying and failing, and it took learning from those that have gone before. My commitment this year is to help 250 million people discover who they really are. And what I mean by that is the truth of your capability, the truth of the skills you have, the truth of the value you create, the truth of your infinite creativity. Discover who you really are, and then to begin to create from that place creating the value, learning the marketing, learning the business processes that will give you the cash that you deserve. Money is not a mystery. It follows value and you can have all you want. Yourultimatelife.ca, the, the URL on the screen, is a place where you can get five very, very powerful videos that are, are the result of 16 years work about how to activate your ultimate life, your life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. There is no cost financially to them. There is a cost in that you have to watch the videos, and then there's even more in that you have to do stuff. Because if you keep being who you're being now, we know where that goes, right where you are in a circle. Why would you do that? Unless what you've chosen is, I'm just going to sit where I am and bitch. You're free to do that. It's not very satisfying. Procrastination won't help you. 
yourultimatelife.ca is available right here, right now. Please go there. It doesn't cost you any cash. If I can help you, if you're stuck in any of those places, and this money, how to get it, how to create it, feels like a mystery, you reach out. Because I've solved that. I have been where you are. I don't know how to do this. I can't. It won't. And on and on and on. And I have learned for myself, doing what I said, with the help and instruction and coaching of others, to get over the barriers, over the mountains, and now to the promised land. You can get there, too, and get out of the fear and failure mode, if you want to. And move forward rapidly and have the grin on your face like this alchemist sitting in a puddle of gold as you create your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart.